Hello and welcome back to Reading of the Peers, where we chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. My name is Gary O'Brien, and joining me as always for the monthly recaps, it is the one and only David Scanlon. Today we're talking about the latest movies of January 2024, so stick around. We hope you enjoy. New Year, Gary. New Year. Oh, I had a joke, actually. It is, we're, we're finally in the year yeah. of Ooh. the Irish unification, according to Star Trek. <laughs> and there was big news of the weekend as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. It's, it's all there. coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> Star Trek. Do you reckon that was just Colin Meany pushing for that? Yeah, oh, big time. Good man. Yeah. He's a he's a big rat head. <laughs> See, that was a uh, lovely curly lock. <laughs> You can fit a bandana or a, ban- a balaclava. <laughs> wow, this is taking a bit of a turn, isn't it? Usually yeah. I'm the one who yeah. says something controversial anyway. on top. No, but like it's first one of the year. First one of the year, yeah. What else? It's a we, mulligan. What else are we looking forward to in 2024? I'm in the movies, of course. I'm hope and prosperity worldwide. The end of global warming and hunger and um, Taylor Swift for president. <laughs> Look, it's not impossible. I... Anyway, this is already... I was going to say, I reckon if you put her on the ballot... Yeah, she'll get a she'll lot get of the votes. But probably not suited to the office. Who do you think wins? The Rock or Taylor Swift? Oh, Taylor Swift. Really? Yeah. I'm, like, apart from your friend Orla, our friend Orla, yeah. I've never seen someone who's, like, rock-obsessed. That's true. I, I, I have a I geologist know. friend that is fucking crazy. <laughs> I do know people that are Swift-obsessed. <laughs> Swift-obsessed. That's fair, that's fair. Um... Now I was going to get into a whole thing. The Rock's come back. He's facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. A lot of people are very angry about it. I'll say well, it for another podcast, David. This is the thing. I think he's uh, he's a bit intimidated by the other wrestlers who've joined. John Cena. Cinematic. Dave Bautista. Yeah, cinematic. Fa- Hornswoggle. Fa- cinematic fame. Yep. Of course, there was a... Oh, that's another thing I meant to say. Are we going to talk about the Iron Claw on this? Or no, Iron month? Claw's for next month. Okay, great. I'll have a lot to say about the Iron Claw next month. Yeah. I'm going to have to wait a whole month. Yeah, because that's obviously a wrestling movie. It's a big wrestling movie, David. It's a wrestling movie, yeah. So, um, so he's men. obviously intimidated. He's getting, taking a step back. Yep. Uh, you know my thoughts on The Rock. He's never really done a proper movie. <laughs> never. Uh, like, there's some fun stuff, but yeah. like, look, look at Dave Bautista. Yeah, Dipping he's a proper actor. He's, he's a proper actor. Yep, I'd agree. Yeah. The Rock is a clown. <laughs> are you saying, are you, are you saying of all the wrestlers who've gone to, um, what you call it, be actors, the one that's most like a clown is The Rock and not Doink the Clown. <laughs> I don't know if that's real or not. Doink the Clown is a wrestler. Okay, this is too is he Is he an actor though? Um, you can cut all this out if you want. Yeah, I might cut this out. Uh, no, he's not an actor at all. I just uh, know there was one that used to be a clown called but I, I, clown. I feel like it's, it. like Dave Bautista has taken uh, the right steps in, ta- in terms of yep. he has his blockbusters, yep. comedy and stuff, but then he's got his dramatics. Whereas... I think John Cena and The Rock... Well, John Cena's still only really dipping his toe in, but John Cena and The Rock are still very much like box office... What's box office gold, which isn't really box office gold. It's what we we would call visual visual garbage. Yeah. Also, Dave Bautista wears more than one outfit in most of his movies, which isn't just an off-white tee. Yeah. Yeah. He's adaptable. He's adaptable. (laughs) He sometimes wears a coat. Yeah. Sometimes... Sometimes wears glasses. Sometimes little tiny swim shorts. Incredible. There we go. (laughs) Right. um, If people want to jump around... Please, please, please do. There's time in. codes. There's time codes in the description. Um, you can watch call us. Uh, you can get in contact with the show on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. Let us know your thoughts. What you were a big fan of in January yeah. and what you're looking forward to in February. Uh, but today, 
we're going to talk about the movies we watched in January 24, the 2024 that came out in Ireland. There's a few that came out in America in December 2023, but they don't care. Uh, we didn't see Mean Girls because no thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we didn't see The Beekeeper no. because no thanks. No, don't like bees. You know, not a fan of bees? Like bees are, bees are fine. Okay, don't, but just don't like beekeepers. Not a fan of Jason Statham. Okay, that's fair. Because I was going to say, I actually do have a, a guy. I know one of my mates is a beekeeper. Oh, yeah, you're saying that. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he'd no, be, like he'd bee, beat like, the shit out of you if you had bad things bee, to say about beekeepers. Bees, bees are bees are essential to our mm. ecosystem. Yep, yeah. it's all part of my January, uh, my 2024 life goals about uh, fixing global uh, climate Warming, change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> global change. And beekeepers are important, but Jason Statham, no, thank you. Okay, that's fine. You're you're pissing off a lot of muscular bald headed dudes yeah. at the start of this podcast yeah. David I mean I may not make it out alive there you go oh look at the- <laughs> no. um, okay so the movies we are going to talk about are Poor Things The Holdovers All of Us Strangers The Colour Purple Zone of Interest One Life Priscilla and then a bit about what's coming out next month as well which I'll just save you a bit of time is not much except for The Iron Claw which I'd recommend just saving a bit of time yeah right. Um. so like the, I said do you- yeah the one thing I would say about January for a lot of for the Irish audiences this tends to be when a lot of the Oscar movies come yeah. out so a lot of prestige in I- this uh, podcast yeah Um. also I, I had a bit of a case of the January blues and uh, I realised that when I looked at all my reviews of the movies this month and I didn't like anything. Yeah, you didn't like anything. But there are good movies. No, Gary, just... Gary doesn't like movies. I don't like <laughs> any movies. Uh, do you know what I watched this morning, actually? Uh, Hot take. Watch Maria Antoinette. You know the Sofia Coppola movie? Sofia movie. Loved it. Oh, there you go. Very surprised. Well, maybe you actually will like Priscilla. Uh, that's what I'm thinking now. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't watch Priscilla or One Life. Dave's going to be talking about those. Um, but I realised, what I was thinking about why there is that sort of black hole in the states when it comes to these releases like why do we have to wait so long and i realized it's because the super bowl is on and i realized yeah. nobody goes to see the movie like goes to the movies so like mean girls and the beekeeper were like the only new movies out for like three weeks while the semi-finals were going on in the not semi-finals whatever yeah, they called the, the afc the AFC. division finals yeah um no but like what i can't understand is like in ireland it's a big thing of post christmas there's not a huge amount to do so people go to like yeah. a lot of people go to the cinema like we've yeah. we've gone to the cinema now and it's like more packed now than it yeah. ever really so is yeah people are trying not to drink yeah um, but that's obviously not a thing in America and I know the other thing the other time of the year where cinemas in America tend to quieten down I don't know if it's the same here but is it's September and the yeah. idea is that post summer kids are back in school you know uh, the production companies don't release movies in September because it's not profitable or I don't know I don't know they but do like, though, don't they? Is that not when Joker came out and Guardians of the Galaxy came out? Was that here? Oh, like, sorry, over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, the states. Oh, okay, it's different here. Oh yeah, we're completely we, we're completely different species yeah, over here. Exactly. Uh, okay, sorry, we've been rambling on for too much. Too long. Fine, don't worry about it. It's yeah. First one of the year. We're, we're allowed to we're, mulligan. Yeah, this, we're, is a, this is a mulligan. This is a free. It's a free one. Yeah, we're sorry. We're just getting into it. Poor things, David. Yeah. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, I will. This is the new movie from Yorgos Lanthimos, who previously directed. That's nice. The Lobster. Oh, movies. And The Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Favourite. Dogtooth. And Dogtooth. A lot of these movies are actually available on streaming services. Yeah. So if you do want to, if you did like, if you did see Poor Things and you want to see his other movies, which I think aren't as... They're a lot more subdued. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't be as colourful and bright as no. Poor Things. But hey, look, if, if you enjoyed it, maybe you like those. Uh, a lot of them are available on Netflix and... Disney favorite Plus. Favourite Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, so um, maybe give him a look. But this film follows Bella Baxter, who is 
have who indept she's she's a reanimated individual she's a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist dr goodwin baxter uh in an what do i have a thing here i thought i wrote something where it says because she's brought back to life in an unconventional, unconventional way. way okay so and what we see is that when she's brought back to life she is has the brain or the intelligence level of a baby mm-hmm. but throughout the film she is kind of has her eyes open to the world and develops at a rapid manner and manages to mature to the level of a 30 year old woman yeah sure to whatever Emma Stone is yeah by the end of the movie so I would consider this kind of a coming of age an unorthodox coming of age story with yeah the sort of kind of if you've seen Yorgos a Yorgos twist shocking elements yeah he loves a he loves a weird concept. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Emma Stone in the title role of Bella Baxter. Uh, we have Godwin Baxter, her creator or her father or her god, as think, she refers think Fra- to. Think Frankenstein. Yeah. Who is played by Willem Dafoe with some weird makeup and a lot of... Uh, Big gassy boy. I was going to say fatherly issues or... Oh, yeah. Paternal issues. Yeah, paternal issues. Um, and then... I suppose the other two big names, or well, the other big name would be Mark Ruffalo, who plays Duncan Weatherburn. That is a long big name. Who is a bit of a silly goose. He's a bit of a cad. Yeah, he's a bit of a silly early man. Early 1900s cad, that's yeah. what I describe him as. Uh, and just for, just for anyone keeping tabs, we have two actor nominations. Yes, and this? We've got a picture nomination and a screenplay nomination. Cinematography and score, like a load of nominations. nominations, I think it's the second most after Oppenheimer. Oh, is it? I think I'll double check that. But what I would say about this movie is, I really enjoyed it. I, I think the biggest thing I would say is prob. See, I didn't think this would be for everyone. I think like even coming out of it, I was like, oh, some people might not take to this the same way as I kind of enjoyed it. But from speaking to other people, they seem to enjoy it. Graphic, a little bit strange. But what I will say about the more cinematic elements of it, I really enjoyed the cinematography. I really liked the production design. There is, for anyone who's been to, who's visited Barcelona, there's a um, Anton, or Anton Gaudi? Um, Gaudi. Gaudi. Yep. If you know Gaudi architecture, it's, it's all the backgrounds kind of seem like that. But, um, and it seems like a strange world. But the idea is, and again, just kind of assuming from what I took to, the movie to be is that you're seeing the world through Bella's eyes and because she's kind of an older or she's an older body with a younger brain she's seeing the world kind of in this weird kind of designs and stuff um but I thought it added to the film and the as you mentioned there the score was a little bit again unorthodox but I think it had a nice twist to it I don't know I couldn't tell you actually who is the composer but Jeskin Fendrix okay anything in anything they've done before movies mainly uh, <laughs> yeah. Any, anything people would know of. oh you're asking what movies they've done yeah. then oh you need to be way more specific yeah, about okay. these things I can't see in it I can't see anything good. no that's fair because I, I just thought it was very strange and it was very particular like it, I've I obviously heard bits and pieces from the trailers but it, it came came through quite nicely in the within the film um, so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they do next great performances from Emma Stone I think she's probably front runner for I don't know I think so also just very quick side, uh, side note me being super cheeky and saying he's done movies was actually incorrect this is the only this movie is the first done. movie he's done <laughs> so you're wrong I'm so wrong yeah. um, so sorry just on the I think the, the three main actors Emma Stone Mark Ruffalo and 
Willem Dafoe I think are brilliant mm-hmm. uh, Emma Stone I, I think she's a front runner for the so I have the odds up best here. actor best actress Oscar the odds for best actress yeah is oh no it is I'm so wrong today it is Emma Stone apologies <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Lily Gladstone I just been hearing a lot of hype around here yeah I don't agree yeah. I just heard a lot of hype around here um, and I don't know if I personally go with I I, I really like Mark Ruffalo's performance mainly for the fact that you don't see that from him very yeah. often no he's never done he's very like subdued he's usually very subdued very nice very yeah. sweet this he is a see Buff- you next Tuesday buffoonish cad yeah <laughs> I just said someone described it as a cad and I think that's my favourite thing yeah um, whereas I think like Willem Dafoe this is very much in his wheelhouse he loves a weird he loves being a weird creepy guy creepy guy yeah very the lighthouse vibe from him yeah but I again makeup I thought was brilliant on him. He his kind of character. You can understand his whole character motivations. Yeah. Um, and he yeah I I again I enjoyed that. Don't think I see Mark Ruffalo winning supporting. Although it's gonna go to Robert Downey. Probably Darby Downey. I don't s- see someone had said this to me that they could see poor things upsetting Oppenheimer. In oh, a lot I of, shouldn't do that today. It should be nice to everyone's feelings. In um, a lot of categories. But I don't know. Not not here. Oh, as well, I can't. I can't. Well, yeah, no, I, no, I think it's a lock for Robert Downey Jr. No, no, sorry. I'm saying in other categories. In other categories, maybe, yeah. Like, I don't think Best Picture. I don't know. We'll save this for our Oscar podcast that we do one. But, Just um, a tiebreaker. But anyway, I, overall, I had a good time. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have a good time. Is it a hard one to recommend? Sorry, the, my only biggest complaint about the movie is about two-thirds of the way through, maybe three-quarters of the way through, it kind of settles down and gets a bit, not I wouldn't say boring, but monotonous. And I kind of wish, you could probably cut out about 15, 20 minutes, keep it a little bit more snappy. Yeah, You'd probably still have the same, uh, you'd still get the same amount out of it uh, in terms of narrative, but just keep that kind of brisk paced up that they had kind of towards the start yeah. in the middle of the movie so but overall the, good time the momentum of the journey she's yeah. going on kind of comes to a bit of a halt yeah. I find so I didn't love this uh, but I don't think it's not good you're it's because me, Gary doesn't like movies you're going to hear me say that a lot this this this, this podcast but um, no I agree with most of what you say um, except that when you said the composers don't know the movies that was very wrong uh, <laughs> I didn't say that you said that play the tape <laughs> Um, no, yeah. So I guess for me, it's it's purely down to I don't particularly enjoy Yorgos Lanthimos's movies. I don't enjoy them, and I think that's the word I'm going to use because it's just it's always just an unpleasant experience. Um, and I think with just elements of this, it was kind of similar where I just feel like a lot of it is thrown into shock and to be outrageous in all of his movies. And I think with this, it there's a lot of elements in it that I just feel were unnecessary for my enjoyment of it, but not necessarily that they weren't necessary for this movie to be good I'm trying to think what like what's I don't, well like a bit about what you said about the third act I also I also just okay, think yeah. kind of a lot of the stuff between her and Mark Ruffalo and then just like there's just some unnecessary gross elements of the movie as well there was just but see that's what I mean I'm just like and I couldn't really settle into it but what I would say is it's a great first movie for to watch if you haven't seen any Yorgos Lanthimos mm. movies because we're just going to call him a Yorgos mm. um, because I think what's great about this one is because it's a comedy and yeah. the other ones kind of are more awkward situational yeah, comedies dramatic, uh, with kind of kooky characters whereas this is this has jokes in it this is this is very very funny um, whereas you compare it to something like The Killer of the Sacred Deer which is 
a very unpleasant watch and very unsettling heavy. watch heavy movie <laughs> um, so yeah I'd say it's definitely worth it to watch in that sense um, like you say Emma Stone's great Mark Ruffalo's great I, I loved Mark Ruffalo in this I, I had such a such a fun God. time with it he's my favourite part of it what else like you say production sign all great score yeah I think I just it just didn't click for me it's just there was something about it I just I couldn't it's January Blues that's what I'm gonna uh, chalk it up to that's fair but yeah and I think when it comes to the Oscars I think it, I, I think it deserves a bit of like love in the sense of like Yorgos has done some great stuff in the past and not really been recognised for it yeah um, exactly yeah yeah that's pretty much it I think I that's think I yeah no, oh, I, think that's I, I do have in my notes here that Bruce Banner Bruce Banner fucks Gwen Stacy whose dad is the Green Goblin <laughs> Marvel. Marvel. They have their, they have They've got everybody. They've <laughs> got their tentacles and everything. So yeah, that's that. Anything else to add on? No, oh, I think that was, that was a good... Was that the first movie we saw of 2024 in cinema? That was the first movie you saw, maybe. Yeah. I think I saw The Boy and the Heron, but that doesn't count, so I don't know. It was the first movie that I saw in cinema. In, no, it wasn't. <laughs> what did you see? I saw Priscilla and The Next, next Goal Wins before that. Ah, yeah, there you go. Uh, shall we move on to the holdovers let's do it okay so this is a movie called holdovers uh, it's all about I have it written here so this is why it sounds smart uh, a curmudgeon instructor at a New England prep school remains on campus during the Christmas break to babysit a handful of students with nowhere to go he soon forms an unlikely bond with a brainy but damaged troublemaker and with the school's head cook a woman who just lost her son in the Vietnam War so um, for anyone who doesn't know this movie, it's got Paul Giamatti in it playing the crumudgeon instructor, like I mentioned, and he forms a great bond with these two characters. Um, one played by Dom- Dominic Sessa, he plays Angus Tully, and Divine Joy Randolph, who plays Mary Lamb. So, who wants to see this movie? It's um, uh, Alexander Payne movie, if that means anything to anyone. He's done movies like Nebraska, um, The Descendants, and a movie that we both love called Sideways, also star- starring um, Paul Giamatti. But what it's great about this movie is it's a, it's set in the 1970s, but also looks like it was shot in the 1970s in terms of the cinematography, the costume, like all those other kind of usual aspects of it. But then also the narrative of itself. It's a, quite, it's a quiet little quaint 1970s movie that you'd kind of expect to get from that era of those movies that are always described as um good good like underappreciated on their time and stuff um it's got the it's got the fantastic writing of a alexander payne script it's got very snappy dialogue um but also very depressing dialogue but also very heartwarming dialogue so the movie has that sort of nice heart uh, hot and cold sort of elements to it um also that it's set over christmas helps um it's very bittersweet as well um you get to know these characters over the break and learning a bit more about them uh, when they're initially very confrontational but as time moves on maybe they start to you know get along a bit more because they discover more about each other's past and how they're connected in ways they didn't expect they open up to each other. Yeah. So I thought it was fine. Uh, no, no. It is very good. It's a great little Christmas. It's a great little unconventional Christmas movie that infuri- infuriatingly came out in January yeah. over here. But I think this will be a lot of people's favorite Netflix mo- Netflix Christmas movie next yeah. year if it's on Netflix. Um, it's very, very funny. There's some great, there's yeah. great little one-liners in it. Um, Paul Giamatti, a lot of Oscar buzz around him. I feel it's very much like this is his first good dramatic role in a long time and he's being rewarded for having a good career. Yeah, my biggest thing is that Alexander Payne came out and said that he wrote this role for Paul Giamatti and I feel like you shouldn't be 
rewarded for playing yourself playing a role <laughs> written for you well it's a bit of that but also it's the character who plays so well yeah so I, I, look it's, good it's job not too much of a stretch yeah. but the other two performances good Dominic, yeah. Dominic Sess is great there's a scene of him in a gymnasium that is fantastic <laughs> um, and then also the, the divine Joy Randolph who um, what else is she in is she she's in uh, Only Murders in the Building that's it she's, she she's great in that yeah. as well um, so yeah so I um, yeah this is the first time I've seen her in a dramatic role yeah know. But I thought she was brilliant. I think yeah. she was, for me, was the standout in terms of like uh, unexpected performance. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Like, I think she's in the Lost City as well. She's great in that. Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, very sweet. Again, slows down a bit in the third mm-hmm. act a little bit. David, I just don't think you've got attention. I know it probably is. That. No, I disagree. I completely. I know the exact moment you're kind of talking about. It's when they kind of go back to the school after yeah. the the excursion, yeah. and then it's just kind of like. These are just hanging around yeah, a bit now. Until, yeah, everything comes back. But um, no, very good. And it's, I think the character development of... Polly G. Polly G and, and Dominic Sessor are very good. Like Dumb. he's he's very hard-nosed at the start. And it's it's hard to understand why. Like why is someone working, why is a teacher in a school if he if he doesn't like working with kids or he's so hard-nosed? And he, you develop over time the understanding of what went on and why he has such a... Um, what is it? A confrontation? Stick of, up his ass? No, but why he doesn't like those types of kids? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's why? He, why he kind of paints them yeah. all in the same kind of light, or why he sees them all in the same kind of light? And I thought that was good. And then you can understand for Dominic Sess's character why he does the things he does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then you know it, it's that type of thing of you have these two kind of characters button heads, and then by the end, it's not even that they're friends; it's that they just appreciate each other and they understand that someone may need to make sacrifices for the other it's yeah. very good yeah. and yeah like as you say I think it, it would be one of those brilliant like unconventional um, Christmas movies It's a Wonderful Life or uh, I'm trying to think of other other ones that are on that that kind of line that's not about it's not Christmas but it's like set at Christmas Die Hard, Die hard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I again I really enjoyed the the Alex Payne dialogue and the direction I thought again the was it, is it 4 by 3 it is? Oh, uh, I can't recall actually. That's probably it's, not great. It's, it's very grainy anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that kind of added to the whole atmosphere of the, of the narrative. Um, but yeah. Did, uh... Of all, actually, you know, of all the movies we've watched this month, I think this is the one I could probably recommend to anyone. Yeah, yeah. I think... It's also, uh, like it's also an hour and 40 odd minutes, isn't it? It's like an hour and 45 or something? No, it's one thirty-three. Oh, it's even less so. Oh, oh no, sorry. sorry, I'm an idiot. No, sorry, I thought you were talking about 133 minutes. Oh, it's actually, oh, wow, okay. That didn't feel that long when I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway, I think, yeah, sorry, I'm just looking through the list. I think it would be probably the one I would recommend to everyone. I think anyone could kind of click, uh, flick this on and and you probably get some sort of enjoyment out of it. But yeah, absolutely, again. And did um, Paul Hunnam remind you of anyone? In school, like, oh, you, oh yeah, you hate everything. Yeah. (laughs) You hate Christmas. I saw him like failing all those kids. I was like, good. That's why I couldn't understand why you didn't like it. We've had this discussion too, before. Was too close to home. That's the, the thing where I felt that you feel you observed that I don't like movies where I'm the character in it, and I'm just like, "Boo!" That's just what people are like. How is that anything different? <laughs> same with this, and with the what you call it, up in the air. Yeah, exactly. You're the exact same as the guy in the up in, yeah. the, up in the air. I am George Clooney. You're right, David. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, very solid watch. You well, got, you got that Nespresso money, <laughs> David. <laughs> I wish. Um. Shall we move on to Priscilla? Yeah. Sure. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about the whole there was 
I was probably just going to say Divine Joy Randolph. I think she probably deserves the Oscar in supporting actress. Again, I, I, I'm jumping around. I? Out of that list? Or Color Purple. What's the girl name in Color Purple? Oh, uh, Dan- Danielle Brooks. Yeah. She supporting? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a head to between those two. They'll give it to Divine Joy Randolph. Yeah. My thing about Danielle Brooks is we'll say for. Yeah. Whatever. She did that role in, in Broadway. Oh, did she? Okay, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm not seeing it on Broadway. Oh, David, you must check it out. <laughs> oh, you must. Oh, David. You need to get to the theatre theater more, David. Yeah, I um, can't afford it. <laughs> you don't have that espresso money like I do. There's no, um, there's no Omnipass for the theatre. <laughs> David, I think we could make a lot of money if we brought one in. Uh, Priscilla, tell me all about it. Uh, okay, so Priscilla... Is a Who story is story about story? Priscilla. Can't remember her actual, not her actual name. Priscilla. No, before she married. Priscilla before Presley. <laughs> I, I wonder what they have it here. Priscilla no. Presley. No, it's just Priscilla. Okay, Priscilla. You know, Priscilla. I'll find Pris- Pr- uh, Oh no, never mind. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll, I'll, I'll find the worst time to interrupt you to tell is, you the name. This is the biopic about Priscilla Presley, who famously married uh, Elvis Presley back in. <laughs> Baloo is her name. B E A U L I E U. That's way too many vowels. Baloo. <laughs> Baloo. You have the Pre- stroke. Presley Baloo. Priscilla Baloo. I just. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just. I was reading for. No, I just like somebody's like. Oh, blue. No, <laughs> that'd be too simple. Baloo. Priscilla is a biopic of Well, her, her maternal name is Wagner. That helps. No, wait, what? <laughs> no, she was born Wagner. Okay. Priscilla Wagner. Then it goes, N, you know the thing where it's like knee? Yeah. It says knee Wagner. Yeah. Formerly Baloo. <laughs> but her name was Priscilla Ann Presley. But either Wagner or Baloo would work. Priscilla is the biopic Give about her Priscilla name, Presley. Come on. When she married, who famously married Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. So she had to drop her surname. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know the story, her she met Elvis while her family and he were posted in Germany. Oh, I didn't know that. Or maybe I did. This is must be post World War Two. It must be post. Yeah, it has to yeah, be yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> getting my dates all wrong. So they're in a U.S. Army base, and they meet at a house party. And it kind of it, it sprouts from their their relationship, and. Uh, she, she ends up anyway falling in love with he he ends up falling in love with her anyway they go back um to um graceland in memphis and yeah we we go through the same sort of issues that we've seen in the baz lerman elvis movie was last what, year two a, ba- years be- a bad accent and bad makeup two years two years two years ago was 2020 too? Yeah, we see the same thing except it's from her point of view mm. and Elvis. So is that must the, be better, yes. <laughs> Elvis is the author- authoritarian person. Anyway, um this film is very hard to watch, very I wouldn't say is it unenjoyable, it's unenjoyable. Unpleasant. It's unpleasant. Unsettling. So the biggest thing for me is and it's uh, if anyone knows the story, she was 14 when she met Elvis who was at least, he had to be at least in his 20s. If he was part, like he was, he was in the army. And the the film does a really weird job. So, it, so she's studying in a diner. She's doing, I don't know, 
you know homework and stuff and instead of like elvis being the person that like introduces himself or like what do you know oh there's 10 years between them 10 years okay so instead of elvis being the person that like introduces himself you know and wants to get to know it's like a friend of elvis invites her that's showbiz baby that's how it's done to a house party at his house with his wife and then he it's like his friend and his wife are the ones that convince priscilla's man dad to let her go and then when they're at the party you know elvis introduces himself and you know they start coming but it's just it really unpleasant okay and then of course like when as the story goes on they go to graceland and she's like almost a prisoner there like she Mm -hmm. can't she can't leave she can't even go outside because there's so many like press and there's so many paparazzi and and fans and like it would look bad if she's does anything on the lawn or something like that which it would would look bad in elvis and then elvis himself Played by Jacob Lordy. Ba- played by Jacob Lordy. Sorry, I should have said Katie Spaney plays um, Priscilla. It's very good, I will say. And, uh, sorry, where was I going? Anyway. You can't the, do anything on the lawn. Yeah, sorry. Elvis as a character in this, like, when we see him in, in the movie Elvis by Baz Luhrmann, he seems like this timid, you know, soft character. In this, he's like the total opposite. He's like dark. He's like, I don't know. Is it, he's all sugar. No, but it's like, I don't know if it's mentally, he's very like, bipolar like mm-hmm. he'll just switch and yeah. just like become very aggressive at times but yeah I, personally i didn't enjoy it i know some people probably really enjoyed it they probably kind of um they could really kind of grasp onto um priscilla's story but i just it's not enjoyable it's not there's no levity in it mm-hmm. and then even by the end it's like yeah it's just yeah it's it's kind of there's there's no would you kind say of no it. i haven't seen it so would you say it's a story that needed to be told but just is told in a poor way to not sort of allow better audience engagement with the piece do you know what i mean because there's another movie we're going to be talking about later where there's a tragedy occurring and it's almost not showing it is a way of being able to talk about it for an audience to kind of settle into it. It's out of interest. Um, yeah. Whereas this is, you're seeing it and it's just hard to watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it like, it's just, there's not much to it. Like, it, there's, a lot of the movie is just spent with her is trapped in the Just one note, is it? Not even one note. Yeah, it's a kind of one note. But it's like, it's, it's kind of so up and down because like there's some bits where you know, everything's going well and they're going out and she seems to be... But she still seems unsettled by the whole okay. situation because, yeah. of course, there's such a big age gap. Yeah. Um, And, like, she... Like, this... The the weird thing is, like, he, she's living in... I keep thinking Neverland. Graceland. <laughs> she's living in Graceland and going to school, like, going to high school. Oh, he's on tour. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like that. Yeah. And then, like, there's bits where, like, she's cheating in tests. She cheats in tests by offering her classmates like a chance oh we'll, we'll bring you over to the house or we'll let you meet Elvis the other teenagers yeah other teenagers cool that's a safe <laughs> so, environment so like can you imagine like the yeah. unsettling kind of nature nah, and I, I can understand like it's it, it probably is a story that needed to be told but it just there just needed to be some sort of levity in it yes. in like even like her having a win or having yeah, a moment something of, even if it's just like she, she does she leaves her family in Germany when she's like 15 or 16 or something and I don't think she really meets them again mm. I can't remember if she I don't think she meets them again throughout the movie which is like that just seems like really hard and 
yeah, like Elvis is just this kind of overbearing character and, and she doesn't let her do anything. And, and it's just, he, he tries to be like, there's bits where he's like, he doesn't let her wear certain things or like she wants to, wants to buy these clothes. He, he, he's buying clothes for her and she tries on stuff that she likes. And he's like, no, that doesn't suit you. Change out of that. Mm-hmm. Get that one or whatever. So it's like that sort of overbearing character. Yeah. And like, as you say, I think it is something that needs to be told or yeah, needed to be. I think it's a good story, but it's just it for me. I I was just so beaten down by it the whole time because you're starting from such a low ebb. And you never, it never increases to a level where you're even like like enjoying yourself at all. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I, it's it's just something I missed. But yeah, it personally just didn't really didn't really click with me. Like it's just, yeah, it's just heavy going. That's the best oh, way I can describe it. It's just heavy. Yeah, dark. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to something a bit lighter, shall we? Yeah. The other thing, like, I think it's it's a well-assembled movie. The other thing, though, is um, the colour palette is so bland. Mm. Like, for something, like, do you remember, it was so hard to go from, like, Elvis yeah. and Baz Luhrmann to this. And, like, maybe that was a choice. There's also another thing I meant to say is, sorry, the chemistry between Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Lordy is questionable at times. Okay. And I think they're both doing a good job individually. But there's a point in the movie where she meets another guy and he's just playing like a normal guy and she's trying to get away from that environment, like environment of stardom. So she's like trying to be a normal person and they have like this 30 second conversation and you're like, wow, they they have a really good chemistry together. And it's like, again, I don't know if that's what they're going for, but it was very hard to take that like... Kelly Spaney has this really good chemistry with this side character for like 30 seconds. <laughs> That's and like, better than... And it's better than what we've seen. Okay. So maybe it's something they were going for, but yeah. it was just, yeah, it was just something I noticed. Yeah. Strange. But anyway, yeah. Have you ever seen any other Sophia Coppola movies? Seen Lost, Lost Translation? Yeah. That's Which, true. I don't know. Like, I think you, you could have done the same thing though with... <laughs> what have Bill you? Murray and... Like, Bill Murray's character is... Oh, is, like alone and sad. Yeah, it's a lot... Yeah, but... Yeah, there's some levity in. I think yeah, a lot oh more yeah, absolutely. You got Bill Murray in it. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know it's just I, I. So I didn't go see it because I had watched The Virgin Suicides and I wasn't a fan at all. And then Lost in Translation, I've always thought is fine. Yeah. Um, but then I watched Marie Antoinette this morning. I was like, that's kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Strokes in it, David. It's great. In the movie, it, it, the, the, the song, the Strokes oh, is uh, like it's banging the soundtrack. Yeah. It's great. So I, then I was like, maybe I'll watch Priscilla, but you've successfully talked me out of it anyway. I, I would like to hear your opinions on it. Ah, uh, finally get around to it. But like, just yeah, wait until it's on streams. And like, again, it didn't receive any nominations or anything no, like that. No, no, so, no. But maybe it could have been something to do with funding or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've, so I've we'll, rambled we'll on. We'll pick it up a bit more. Yeah, let's, what's next? Uh, slavery and racism <laughs> and sexism. In, great, in, in great. The, in America in the early That's 1900s. That's brilliant. Yeah, let's just, let's just bring this down another note. <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about a movie called The Colour Purple, which is basically about two sisters who were torn apart uh, in the early 1900s when one of them has to be married off to this older and more abusive man. Um, a conflict occurs where the youngest daughter, Nettie, of the two girls, has to, is forced out of the home and is said if she ever comes back here, she will be killed by this guy called Mr. played by Coleman Domingo and basically what happens then is the story then unfolds about Celie who is our main character the older sister to Nettie and how she has sort of been thrust into this situation of years of abuse and torment from this guy called Mr. having to put up with his ratty children and um, just dealing with 
all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but then there are some moments of um, levity that come throughout the movie of Harpo, one of the children, marries a fantastic character played by uh, Danielle Brooks called Sophia. Um, there's also uh, the love of Mr's life, who he never married, called Shug Avery. It comes into the picture as well as another ally of Seely. Um, she's played by Teresha... Teresha P. Henson. And basically, it's sort of slowly... She's very flamboyant. Very flamboyant. Uh, and she slowly but surely then, um, Celie starts to come out of her shell when these sort of strong women come into her life. And um, she starts to get a bit more resilience towards the sort of situation she's been placed in. So if people don't know, this has been based on a 1982 novel by an author whose name I forget, but I'll find it in a sec. Uh, it was also famously adapted for the screen before in 1985 by Steven Spielberg uh, quite controversially at the time as well yeah. and um, it then went to become on it went on to become a musical then a Broadway yeah. musical it had a load of different runs in the West End as well and now they have made a cinematic uh, adaptation again but of that musical yeah. so uh, if anyone's seen the original there's no songs in it there's songs in this one though so this is an adaptation of an adaptation it's an adaptation of the musical adaptation of the novel oh yeah <laughs> But what's really infuriating is, and I'll, I'll save my thoughts a bit later, is there are parts of the musical they don't put in this movie, but there's parts of the movie adaptation that they do put in this movie. Sorry, wait, have you seen the musical? Not seen the musical. Oh. I just read about this because uh, I was trying to figure out what was chopped missing. and changed. Okay, and, yeah. and then I read the plot for the book then just to see what was changed because I've seen the 1985 one big yeah. fan of it so I was going into it with this with those expectations so what is good about this and what makes it sort of a, a good watch so um, some great costume des- costume design production design really makes you feel that sort of early 1900 setting um, you've got some great performances by Danielle Brooks we mentioned her earlier she's nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress you've got Fantasia Barino uh, who plays the first movie I think. first movie but yeah. again she played the character on Broadway yeah. um, the flamboyant Teresa P. Henson as you mentioned earlier uh, Coleman Domingo nominated for an Oscar for this year I was actually going to say I, I couldn't have told you who Coleman Domingo was before this year but he's having a great year he's having a great he's, year he's uh, been in loads of stuff he's in Lincoln Lincoln, Lincoln. He's Candyman Ma Rainey's Black Bottom yeah he's in Selma another movie about uh, yeah. Martin Luther King if you need an old timey movie he's your man he's in Transformers Rise of the Beasts Rise of the Beasts yeah I could. I was going to say I didn't move to which one but yeah like I could, he's in Driveway Dolls I don't know if you've seen That's, the trailer for that looks quite good yeah but like yeah, before this year, I couldn't have told you who yeah. he was, but he's having a great year. Having a great year. Uh, you've also got her as well playing Squeak. You've got a Haley Bailey. Wait, who? Her. Ah, oh, she's an artist. She's a singer. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she's quite good. Uh, but anyway, so she's in it as well. Haley Bailey, who is known as Ariel from The Little Mermaid's in it for very briefly too. Was this film before she was big or something? You know, it, it was. But while she had been announced, she was going to be um, Ariel. Okay. But before, w- but before it came out, so yeah, you didn't know how it was going to land. I thought, like, I thought they would have leaned into her character a bit more, just for. Well, it's very funny in the in the nineteen again. So I'm going to talk a lot about the 1985 version, just because I kind of have to, because there are two movies that deal with the same novel. Yeah. Um, and I think one is much better than the other, unfortunately, which is the 1985 version. Uh, However, uh, yeah, I have something to say about the but anyway, go on. If yeah, so it's not fair to compare the two yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. I completely get that, but it's it's purely from the narrative perspective of things are left out. Of the ninety from the nineteen eighty five one that makes this that makes the narrative a lot stronger. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that they weren't in this musical element. Yeah, okay. because they had to make space for songs. Songs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I think were there's some good ones. So the problem is that you bring too much a hundred percent too much levity for the situations that the characters are in. Exactly. <laughs> so, but this is this is what I, I read online of someone saying that like 
it's almost like that's what the characters have to do to get to through this tragedy it, yeah. is to think of these big song and yeah. dance numbers because the only way to get through these horrible things that Situations, are happening yeah. is thinking of these sing-song scenarios kind of things, yeah. which makes sense. But as an audience member, I just think the tones are too few and yeah. like they're just so far apart where you have like scenes about rape and, and all this sort of stuff and then they're singing and dancing on top of tables and it's just yeah. for me I felt a bit of a disconnect now it could be like it could be different for people of that um, background oh because, oh 100% because like it's because like you take movies for example 12 Years a Slave and you take movies I'm trying to think of other like the things about the um, Underground Railroad stuff like that anyway they are very heavy handed so mm. instead of like instead of making a remake or doing a remake of Steven Spielberg's Color Purple, which you say is is quite heavy and, and deals with a lot of those situations, is it not a thing to be celebrating these women and yep. doing it in a musical sense? So again, like, but the other point I was going to make is, and it's a complaint you made, and the complaint is completely valid, that the ending of the original one, and maybe, I don't know if it's in the book or not, the ending of Steven Spielberg's original one interaction between two characters one character deals with that situation differently than they do in this i think the theme they bring into this movie and again it could be a new one might not but what i saw was that they use the idea of forgiveness and religion and not that i'm a huge fan of religion but i think the idea of forgiveness is a huge part of this film and that's where that idea or that ending kind of changes but again it's 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 something yeah. that I got from it. I can understand if someone had a bit of complaint about it. Yeah. Which is funny because in the novel, actually religion is a way bigger part of it oh, than okay, any of these yeah. two. But what I will say is like, yeah, it's just, it, there's, so for a bit of context as well, people at the time were giving out about Spielberg directing yeah, The Color Purple because they were like, a white guy shouldn't be doing this. Quincy Jones, famous uh, mm. musical man. Uh, he producer, produced it, didn't he? Yeah. He produced it, produced the original. And he was like, no, no, I'm getting the best director in the world yeah. to tell this story. Yeah. And like, my God, there are scenes in that, there's one scene in particular, if anyone has seen it, about Oprah, who plays Sophia, the, yeah. the character Danielle Brooks plays, about having to drive a car and being let home for Christmas. And it's honestly one of the most gut-wrenching scenes you'll ever see. And it wasn't in this. And there's a big scene at a dinner table that happens in both movies. Okay, yeah. First of all, in the 1985 one, the speech, the one Oprah gives, apparently Steven Spielberg's note was, just say what you think the character would say. And it's a, just an unbelievable monologue. Yeah. I don't think it had the same kick in this either. But also the dinner scene is so much more impactful based on a scene that happens at Christmas earlier. So it's those sort of things that yeah. I didn't like where it was just like... They cut something out and it, the reference yeah, is, is kind of lost. Not the reference, but just the, the payoff yeah, from yeah. it. And again, like you referenced about characters and forgiveness. Some of that feels so undermined then because some nasty stuff happens. Yeah. But yet it's glossed over then. I know, it, yeah. So that's what infuriated me. Also, so anyway, Spielberg was given out for actually t- treating the subject matter too lightly and yeah, too softly back time, in 1895. Yeah. And this, I feel like, is even way more diluted yeah. then in that sense. But like you say, it's a thing to be celebrated. It's a thing to sort of be a bit more uplifting. Yeah. Because for context, it's not too much of a spoiler. So Celie has uh, two kids at the beginning of the, uh, she has two kids um, but both by her father the, yeah. the woman uh, the man who, who raises her and her daughter uh, but so he actually takes them away so she doesn't actually get to um, take these children and um, what you raise, them, yeah. raise them raise um, them so he takes them and gives them gives them to God he says in both versions um, in, in this movie she's like she gets to nurse them she's like oh can you, you know, can I just have another day and he goes no no I'm taking the baby in the 1985 one 
that motherfucker takes the baby right away like doesn't yeah. even let her touch her yeah. and it's like it's it's like he is he's played by um oh what's his name Danny um, oh my god I forget his name from Lethal Weapon da- Danny Danny Glover Danny Glover Danny Glover is such a little prick he's such a prick in the night like, I think Common Rigo is also pretty good but Danny Danny well he Glover. doesn't play the father in the this version you're right, he doesn't. Who plays the father? No, sorry. Does Who? Danny Glover play No, the... Danny Glover plays Mr. Shit. Oh, okay, okay yeah. I've got that confused. Who plays the... Anyway. Yeah. They're, they're so much more sinister. Yeah. And it's a typical Spielberg thing to be like, dads are pricks, aren't they? Yeah. Let me write him even being more pricky. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually think there's elements... Anyway, like I said before, it's elements of it. But if you're looking for a fun, decent, solid watch of a musical, yeah. I wouldn't say this is the worst thing to watch. It's a bit too long. Uh, but it's a fun time. I did see a lot of complaints about how Wonka is the <laughs> highest highest grossing musical of the last few weeks when this probably should be yeah better, I could agree better with you singers in this yeah there, there are <laughs> There's, it's a more important story uh, <laughs> yeah. no I, I agree with you there like it's it's kind of a down the middle story but I again I feel like this is a type of thing that would hit certain individuals yeah. a lot harder and I'm, ta- I'm talking not our gender not our ethnicity yeah. not our uh, nationality yeah. I think like yeah. it's yeah it's hard to I, I get the story but it's hard to real, really yeah. feel it yeah oh, I will also say there's a great scene you know the scene where she's in the car and she goes but I'm here he's like oh he's, sorry yeah. yeah yeah when she's leaving yeah yeah that's actually pretty good in this one this is, yeah. <laughs> that's I was like you know she did a great job yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah so there's elements of, yeah there's elements that are pretty good but yeah shall we move on or that's anything else yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell people about what, what I saw the other day or the segment I like to call tell you what I saw the other day <laughs> I only really have three they're not even like they're not even like the best movies you've ever seen. But there's I've three movies that I think people should check out. Okay. So I'm gonna start with one called Nyad. Yeah. Because I it's um a bit of a shock Oscar nominated movie because uh, a lot of people were expecting Margot Robbie to be nominated for Barbie and then all of a sudden people were like Annette Belli- Bedding for Ma- what? Made a movie? <laughs> yeah. Nyad. <laughs> Netflix. Jodie Foster. Uh, but no, it's a it's a really sweet movie and it's a nice little sports movie about this woman who is a 20, she was 28 years old. She was a marathon swimmer. She used to swim for like 24 hours plus in these horrible conditions and uh, one day she sets herself the goal of swimming from Cuba to Florida it doesn't work out. She retires from the sport. And then 30 years later, she's like, you know what? I might have another stab at that. And she teams up with her best mate and coach, Jodie Foster. And it's just the two of them being like, let's fucking do this. Didn't and really like it. I know. I had a really fun time with that. Like, and you know me, I don't like sweetheart warming movies. And yeah, I had a fun time with this. I just didn't like her character at all. Yeah. See, you, do you know what? Because that's you. It's not me. You're Annette I'm, Benning, David. I'm not Annette Benning. You're Annette Benning, David. You're always out running, i.e. swimming. You're swimming on the swimming on the paths. That's what I call you. Swimming on the paths. I don't know. I just, I didn't want her to succeed. I'm like, get over yourself. Grow up. Yeah. What about Jodie Foster, though? She's fun. Jodie Foster, she's, Jodie Foster's lovely in this. Yeah. And I, th- I think the team is quite nice in it. Reef. Reef. Ivans. Ethan's. Ethan's. Yeah, he's he's good. He's good. And, and you know what? Actually, when they showed the uh, montage at the end, he looks exactly like him. Yeah, he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely shouldn't. Like, I don't <gasps> know. Shouldn't be either. Oh, for nominations? Nominated. Oh no, it's because there's a lot of old Academy members who are like, yeah. old women can do things. Sorry, I'm not being too general there, but like, yeah. there's always one. There's always a few old actors yeah. that just get nominations. Like, not even old actors, but like. Hollywood staples that just if they do something half decent they they, they yeah. get a nomination because they have friends yeah and like as I said I think Jodie Foster was actually quite good in it but not nomination good I'd agree now and, and like I will but... say Annette Benning probably put a lot into it in terms of the swimming she and looked they both looked great didn't yeah. they they were both like after there was that scene Annette Benning was doing all the like push ups and sit ups and stuff I was like yeah. you go Annette Benning 
I bet you could take Brie Larson again if you were to go for a fist, round of fisticuffs well, and does, marbles too. It does come back to that complaint you have about people playing real life characters. I agree. Yeah, so. I, um, yeah, it was more the sense that I watched it. And this always ha- seems to happen that I watch movies after they've been nominated, or after they've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of hype. Yeah. And I've just, yeah, it didn't yeah. click with me. Put it this way, I'd rather nominate um, Rachel McAdams for... Yeah, I mean, got to be Margaret than Jodie Foster for Nyad. Yeah, what you gonna do? Anything you've seen the other day, David? Uh, I was gonna say Society of the Snow. Ooh. Uh, so it's nominated for more sports stars, foreign language. This film. must be uplifting, uplifting too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, nominated for foreign language film at the Oscars. So it's based on a true story. A Uruguayan rugby team are traveling from uh, Uruguay, Uruguay <laughs> to Chile um, for a. I presume it was a tour, maybe it was a holiday, whatever. Anyway, they're playing Crashlands in the mountains. Andes Mountains and they're stranded there for 71 days. Oh, sh- I didn't know it was that long. I think it was 71 Fuck. days. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty grim. Like, I've never seen a plane crash. I've never seen such a visceral plane crash. Oh, really? Not yeah. even in Lost, season one, episode one. I've never seen Lost. That blows my mind. Continue. No, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not going to tell you to watch it. I'm just... No. Um, very good performances and a great directing. I really think like Jay Bayona. Jay Bayona. He like he he does, he, he does tragedy well. He got fucked around a bit by Hollywood. Yeah. So I think this is like kind of just shows what sort of qualities he has. Acting is all good. You wouldn't know anyone in the movie. It's all kind of unknowns. But um, yeah, it's tough watch. Okay. It's heavy going. Um, and then by the end it's very emotional like but as you can imagine but yeah heavy going but yeah. definitely give it a look don't look in don't look into don't look into what's yeah. happened it's yeah um, yeah definitely give it a look um, I can't recommend it like be like oh you have to go out and see it but if you, if it's something you're kind of interested in seeing where it goes what happens if you're looking for a good movie to sink your teeth into yeah it's on Netflix I watched the English dubs and it seemed fine I've heard the English dub was quite good yeah. um, I just couldn't be bothered reading no, that's for fine. Yeah. two hours you also recently watched a four hour movie that was also titled so I think you've earned a bit of credit what was that the elephant sitting down or something oh yeah <laughs> elephant sitting still yeah he- another heavy <laughs> yeah. heavy going no you don't need to reread this sometimes yeah. um, can I pick it up again with a bit of quiz lady on Disney Plus <laughs> wow okay so I'm back again with a, a nice uh, what you call it female duo uh, this time it's Aquafina and uh, Sandra O. Oh, and Aquafina is really like her character really good at quizzes and uh, she does them all the time and Sandra O's oh's character is just the insane annoying sibling so they've kind of switched roles yeah. <laughs> they're play, both playing against type <laughs> um, but basically there's this there's this quiz show that's always on and um, they need to make a book quick and Sandra O's character who's a bit of a wheeler dealer is like hey we can make money by putting her in the thing but she's a bit of a shy woman so she doesn't want to do it but she gets tricked into going on it and they have, she has to try and beat the longest reigning champion of that quiz show played by Jason Schwartzman and Jason Schwartzman Jason Schwartzman another was, Jason yeah, Schwartzman it was, it was his fourth movie that was his fourth project last year and um, Aquafina's character idolises the host of the TV show which is played by Will Ferrell it wouldn't surprise you to hear that this is a Gloria Sanchez production who've done wonderful movies like Booksmart Barb and Star go to yeah. visit the Mar it's just really solid who directs it? A person <laughs> who's probably done movies before. Let's cut that. <laughs> I can. I don't know. One second. No, I, I just wanted to know if it was anyone. I don't. Nobody comes to big. mind as like, uh, Jessica Yu. Um, mm. she has done 
movies like in the realms of the unreal and ping pong player and those sound bad this is good this is really this is really really fun and it's on disney plus it's on disney plus um i think i think it only went on to disney plus yeah um she hasn't really done many other movies um this could be her big break oh ma- maybe not like i don't know like it's not it? like and it's funny it's funny man okay. it's really funny uh and i think the two girls are great and then there's also like um do you ever watch um two and a half men yeah you know charlie's mom and that yeah, I think she, I think that's the same actress in this. She plays next door neighbor. No, oh. she's also in uh, a lot of episodes of the morning show. I think if it's the Who same person died? I'm thinking of. Oh fuck, Arrested Development. You're thinking of Arrested Development? <laughs> yeah, she. They're very similar. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she's also very funny in it as well. It's just a really solid watch if you're looking for just a fun comedy on like a, I don't know a Sunday afternoon. And it's also it's a great chance to see Aquafina like not being Aquafina. Yeah, be um, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd like yeah I wouldn't again a bit like wouldn't absolutely rush out to go watch it, but uh, definitely a fun comedy to check out. Um, speaking of Arrested Development, I was just going to mention there Carl Weathers. Oh man, yeah, that's tough going, isn't it? But very I tough mean, going what an actor what a what a career like yeah i was just sorry sorry i was just checking to see there what age he was uh it's only 72 or something that can't be right six fifty two seventy six no six okay maybe i, I just, it was yeah, 70s or something i remember just yeah. being a bit um yeah 76 um no what a career like predator predator the rest apollo, development. apollo creed arrest development happy gilmore oh yeah uh, like yeah, incredible. Very sad. Um, sad to see him go, but he's like he's left such a legacy. Um, sorry, I just <laughs> yeah, just when you mentioned the rest of them there. Look, I, I don't I don't post much on the Instagram. Yeah, but when I saw he passed, I just remember that was like, that scene. That yeah. scene, the rest of them, I love so yeah. much. Anyway, um, I'm gonna mention a movie which unfortunately is on no streaming services, <laughs> but it's it's so good. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Now, and David, if, if you ever David, get a chance to see, now, David, it, I really want to con- put this into context. Remember when we had a podcast a while ago, uh, like the last one we did where we gave Oppenheimer uh, the movie of the year and we were like really, really stere- stereotypical <laughs> film bros in their mid to late, uh, mid to late, closer to late now, 20s who are white. Yeah. Um, just, just, con- just context, just before you say what you're going to say, I just want people to know that's the type yeah. of people we are. Yeah. What are you going to recommend, David? Yeah, I was going to recommend Ali <laughs> by Michael Mann. <laughs> No. No, I was going to recommend um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It is incredible. It Like, that movie came out in... 1962. 1968. Ah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Not, I didn't really understand what was going on at the end, but like... You're not meant to. You're not meant to, yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry, and I know it's not on any streaming services, but it's so, so good. Yeah, and it's like... I, to go back to Arrest Development, there's a great line Tobias Funke has, like, how do you do that? <laughs> and just watching the end of that movie, it's like, 1960, they hadn't even put a man on the moon, Dave. <laughs> how are they doing this? How did they film the moon? <laughs> yeah, very good. And do you know what? Like, people have seen the Simpsons episode about the parody on Hal. Yeah. It's still great, it's even still, though you yeah. kind of know what's going to happen. Oh, I didn't know the ending. I did actually know No, not the ending. ending. You know the yeah, bit with the Yeah, no, the bit, I know the, the bit with Hal. Yeah. Um, oh, the ending, I had no idea. And the greatest thing about this movie, and it's it's probably not a good thing, but the actors don't overshadow the movie. Like, yeah. imagine if there was like a... Brad Pitt. Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. They're kind of like... Not that they're unknowns. I'm sure they've yeah. they have good careers, but like, it's like the movie is more of yeah. the thing than mm-hmm. the, the actors. Yeah, it's just in... It's just incredible. Yeah. That is cinema, David. That is cinema. My God. Uh, it was, it's on all these lists. If you, yeah. Take two it's hours of your day. It's one of those ones where... It lives up to the hype. It lives me. up to the hype. That's exactly it. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not when... You know when you get told to watch The Deer Hunter and then you watch it and then it's 40 minutes into this two hour, 40 minute movie or nearly three hour movie and you're just like, they're still on the wedding scene and it's just boring and piss. 
But 2001 Space Odyssey, not boring. Snappy. Snappy, visually engrossing. Yeah. The, the score, David. That's incredible. Great stuff. Yeah, I know it's not on any streaming services, but you know. I'm you sure can rent, you... You can, I checked it. You could rent it on Google or Apple TV for three ninety nine. That's a cup of coffee in some places. That is a bargain it's in a bargain. most places. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I do my last one? What was? What is your last one? And Justice for All. Oh, nice. You'd, Dave, I told you, you'd love this movie. I'm getting to it. So it's, uh, it's Al Pacino. He is uh, one of the best lawyers in a place where I forget. Uh, Chica- Chicago, Chicago, Boston, New York, where, wherever you expect Pacino Pittsburgh. to be. So he is just, a, he's a lawyer. He's stressed out. The corruption in the, in the justice system is driving him insane where he has this guy who's clearly innocent, but the judge is just like, no, no, you submitted the evidence two days late. I can't accept it. So he's dealing with all this sort of stuff. He's wheeling and dealing trying to get offers or trying to get bargains trying to like do the best by his um by his um Client. clients he's a public defender so he's assigned cases but all of a sudden it comes out that one of the corrupt judges that he absolutely hates and um, has been charged with rape and the judge is like oh well i'm gonna get al pacino to represent me because he's the best so pacino's like uh, no i won't because i hate you and he goes well actually you did these certain it's not too much fun like you did these certain things in the past and there's a review coming up and I can make life hell for you and then you won't be able to help all these people so you gotta help me now and it's funny because usually you'd expect Pacino to be the kind of the, the crazy one the loose cannon right. if you've seen Heat yeah. he's not everyone else is and he's the most sane person in the movie and he's just trying to deal with all these crazy people there's a judge who's just trying to kill himself the whole time <laughs> and takes Pacino up on a helicopter ride it's just insane and Pacino's just like and he's working with like, oh, he's working with Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested yeah, Development. development. <laughs> um, and he's a bit tapped as well. And he's just like, he's just trying to do his job and everyone's making it so hard for him. And um, if people don't know the movie, they would know it most definitely from its famous quote at the end of this movie where he's like, you're out of order. This whole courtroom is out of order. I'll cut that if it doesn't sound good, <laughs> but that's where it comes from. Uh, and I will say those, those la- the last courtroom scene is just excellent uh, and worth the watch in that sense so I'd say definitely give it a go it's a bit oddly paced because a lot of it feels like sketches because yeah. you're just seeing weird characters is it supposed reacting. to be a comedy or is it supposed to be a drama I think it's a bit more of like a satire in a way yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah like I wouldn't say it's a, an absolute home run or anything yeah. like that Fair. but I just think um, if you're looking for a, like just a, a good kind of like classic cinema watch and a bit a great Pacino performance yeah. um, and he's so good at shouting at the end my review was I could see why directors are like oh just shout for the whole you're just yeah. great at shouting <laughs> no, it's, it's on my list I'll get to it uh, Amazon Prime Amazon Prime yeah, yeah. right good enough. we move on move on next movie is a movie called One Life what I will say about this movie absolutely worth watch I don't want to ruin it for anyone it's a Nazi's lost <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anyone but if you if you do know the story about Nicholas Winton, the the issue, biggest issue for the big issue, the big issue for me, great publication. At the end was that I knew what was going to happen. Okay, and it the emotional, the emotional depth, or the mm-hmm. emotional strike of the movie happens. Good punch. I knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I can imagine if you went in kind of blind. Mm-hmm and not knowing where it was going, that it would feel a lot more visceral, more, yeah. Emotive um, raw. Of, yeah, exactly. So this is a film about World War Two. The Nazis have invaded the Sudetenland, which is land kind of in the south, east of Germany, Czechoslovakia. 
they've take kind of ex- annexed annexed it and are making their way into Czechoslovakia. Um, Nick Swinton is a banker who decides that he's going to take some time away from his role in the bank and is going to start helping in the effort to get refugees out of Czechoslovakia into the UK. He is play so it it jumps from modern day where he, or sorry modern day late nineties let's say uh, where he's played by uh, Anthony Hopkins to uh, World War Two nineteen thirty nine let's say where he's played by Johnny Flynn. Both performances are very good. I've only seen Johnny Flynn in a couple of things, but I thought he was really good in this. Very emotional. Anthony Hopkins is great. He's great in everything. Helen, Helen Helena Bonham Carter plays his mother back in the day in, in, in the 1930s. She's brilliant as well. She does a couple of moments where she's kind of helping him from the British end where she needs to get visas and stuff. And she's kind of a hard-nosed, I don't take any shit, give me what I need, yep. which is brilliant. Uh, she's good at doing that. Um, Very emotional movie. Um, sorry, <laughs> screen that. Sorry, a very emotional movie. Thank you very much. Um, and short enough, I think it's like one hour forty, but definitely worth a watch. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of in that realm of um, kind of British film, you know. I'm, I'm trying to think of one dialogue of heavy, no nonsense, serious with the oddest uh, comedy laugh. Goof, of, yeah, yeah. Um, and a bit of a of, king speech. Yeah, I wouldn't even say that. It's just opposite to what I was saying about Priscilla. There are obviously very heavy moments throughout this, but there is levity mm-hmm. and there's moments of hope, which I thought was very good, which is, I think, what was missing in Priscilla. But anyway, great performances throughout. It's not going to be anything that's, you know, mind-blowing or anything, but um, if you don't know the story about Nicholas Winton, and especially when it comes to the moment towards the end, I thought it was, it was beautiful, but I kind of knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. I'd seen that um, clip before. A little bit kind of rambling towards the end. I wish they kind of... David, David has no attention span, we're aware. A little bit snappier. Um, I think I we wish they had got to it a bit sooner. Because, um, again, I think I, because I knew where I was going anyway. Um, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, some, yeah, some raw visceral moments. Same director as Smithereens, the Black Mirror episode with Andrew Scott. And go, also yeah. Hated in the Nation, the one with the bees. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's mm-hmm. that sort of vibe. I didn't get him for the beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, wow. not huge. Yeah. Actually, the other thing was I was going to say is it's a re reteaming oh. of the two popes. Was Anthony Hopkins one of the two popes? He was, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Price is in this as well. Oh, he is he? Friend. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. see that. Oh, okay. So he plays one of his friends. Ah, the other pope. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a nice little thing. Ah, yeah. two popes. Yeah. I was going to say as well, so what's really funny is, so Johnny Flynn only plays biographical characters, yeah, I feel, yeah. between t- uh, Ian Fleming, David Bowie, someone else probably, um, and I've just seen here there's someone in the cast called Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy Heath plays yeah, a Ziggy young Heath. Martin Blake. Yeah. He like, plays the young Jonathan Price. There you go. Um, I hope the young Jonathan Price. Oh, do you think they should get Ziggy Heath and Johnny Flynn to put them in a movie called Young Popes? Because there's the young Pope yeah, with Jude Law. Yeah. Young Popes. <laughs> young Popes. That sounds like a Bowie song. I am just printing money for Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, wow, that's a really uplifting story about World War Two. Yeah, there we are. Let's move on to the zone of interest, David. Um, and it's all basically about the commandant of Auschwitz, uh, Rudolf Hess. Hess. Hus, Hus, Hess. No, Hus. Oh, no, no. Yes, because it's H O S S. Hus, Hus. I saw one of the uh, Mark Mode was not Mark Mode, the other one. Mayo. <laughs> Mayo was saying how he knows the pronunciation. I'm going to say Rudolph though, which mm. makes it sound funnier than it is. But yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, and basically, he is the commandant, the person, the manager of Auschwitz, if to say it a word like that. Uh, and he is living with his family who live next door. 
and uh, who, with his wife Hedwig and their children. And basically, this is a movie that sort of takes us through the day to day mundane nature of their life in a sense because the movie none of this is a spoiler too much but basically the movie never goes into Auschwitz it's always taking place outside so whether it be you know one of the one of the one of the kind of starting out story elements of the of the movie is that Hedwig's mother's coming over and they're getting the house ready and they're making sure everything's clean and everything's laid out and um the mother comes in and um Hedwig showing her around and being like oh and here's where we're planting these things and then the mother's like yeah but that's Auschwitz though right <laughs> like you're beside Auschwitz and that's kind of what this movie is it's it, it's giving us sort of a glimpse into how people sort of operated on a day-to-day basis and how some of it was just so commonplace but what the movie does so well is the sort of haunting shadow that uh, Auschwitz sort of has throughout the movie so not only visually where you can kind of see the buildings over the wall you can see the smoke you can see the trains coming in but also the sound where you can hear just horrific sounds of um some of the stuff that's that's taking place in there so yeah it's kind of like it's really difficult to sit through in that sense however i didn't enjoy it because not because of those reasons but because the narrative never really goes anywhere it kind of just feels like it's very one note in that sense where it's just a lot of that for an hour and 30 minutes there's different there's different developments of um uh, rudolph has to be like sent away and you know he's trying to get back and there's talks of like new projects and stuff like that but we don't really see any sort of consequential payoffs for any of these elements that have brought in it's all very very subtle also, and I just feel like from a personal element of why I feel like I might not have enjoyed this movie is because myself and you went to Auschwitz yeah. and I feel like a lot of the things the movie was doing, we had kind of gone through when we went on that tour. If people haven't been on that tour, it's really, really good. One yeah. of the best, one of the best tours I think I've ever been on because not only is it educational, but like you had the person doing our tour was someone studying yeah. um, World War II and just the reverence and the sort of, common way he spoke about it yeah, the understanding the understanding yeah, of yeah. it and just being able to say things being like and here's where this took place not for any sort of like like oh I bet you feel bad about that yeah. kind of thing it's very much of like no no it's important these things are said and yeah. these things are spoken about which I feel like this movie is trying to do in some way as well because it's yeah. trying to be like it's important to know of what actually kind of happened in there and yeah. how people acted around that time yeah so yeah, and it's done by Jonathan Glazer who's done other movies like Sexy Beast and Under the Skin, Under the Skin. Um, the score is great. It's got this weird, like twangy, isn't it? Twang- like, wah, wah. <laughs> it's got a great score in that yeah. sense. Uh, visually, really uh, uh, compelling. Um, with some of the shots and how, um, I, I don't know if you saw this, where apparently the director set up like ten different cameras yeah, in the house, yeah. so that it and the actors were just act told to act as a family. Very document documentary yes. style. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like again, I think it's just that sort of what did it for me was that there was a lot of this sort of implied background stuff that was yeah. haunting, but it never went anywhere. And yeah. I just felt like I left the movie a bit deflated with what I'd watched. Cause I kind of felt like I got more out of visiting the place, but yeah. I'm aware that's not an experience most people most have people or will undertake. So that could just be my expectations. Yeah. Though. I think like the biggest thing for me is it was great concept. I just don't think the execution was right there. And, and it's just miss, missing that sort of emotional element. Mm-hmm. But Again, maybe, you know, Jonathan Glazer probably thought, I'm taking the emotion out of it. I just want to literally, as I say, make this more of a documentary style yeah. thing of just, this is what happened. Yeah. I can't control anything about the story because, you know, it, it's it's history. It's literally what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like it's it's the whole kind of mundanity of. I think someone said it in, in a review, like it's the mundanity of evil and the normalization of it. And um, I think it is uh, sort of referential to what we see today, whether it yeah. be in Russia and Ukraine, whether it be in Israel, Gaza, Palestine, whatever. If if you just see, if you just experience evil happening on a day to day, whether it be over your back garden wall or whether it be across the world, and you just see it happening every day, it just becomes a normal thing. Yeah. Um, so I like that concept of it. It just, as you say, I think misses that sort of emotional element that really might try and hook you in. Yeah. And then the, for me, there was a there's a bit where it's kind of like this weird infrared yeah. neon sequence, which I don't know what they were going for. I don't know if Didn't they work. were trying to um, reference to like an idea of hope of like someone something very I don't know it was, it, you kind of lost me there but I'm sure there was something to it yeah. but conceptual I think just conceptual wise it was, it was a good idea it just missed the mark for us personally yeah. I think yeah and um, also <laughs> how I can and also not to sound bad because uh, we, we need to we need to sometimes I need to be a silly goose David yeah. it's a bit wanky because the first five minutes are just a black screen and music yeah I did think uh, I did think there was something wrong with the projector yes yeah, so <laughs> I was just like it's just a bit like I don't know. It's a bit wanky. <laughs> I suppose. But serious topic and it needs to be discussed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, go- Golden Gazzy actress in it though. Sandra yeah, Huller. Sandra Huller. Um, I, she's fine. I, I, like, again, not amazingly outstanding, but a very, very solid performance yeah. and a lot of exposure for her considering she's going to go to the Oscars for two movies. Yeah. Which is great. I don't, again, I don't know if it, it was supposed to be that type of thing of trying to get people who aren't superstars. Yeah. A bit like with 2001 of just like the idea or the story or the concept is bigger than anyone yeah. that but again it, they were German actors so yeah. maybe they are big your man who actually plays Rudolph is very good as well very good yeah shit haircut though that was ridiculous that, I meant to say that to you after where yeah. I was like that was truly horrific David the haircut he <laughs> <laughs> um, good kid acting as well good kid acting yeah, yeah. Um, and again I, I just think I do, what I will say is direction was very good yeah. direction was probably the standout thing for me and, and that idea of having the camera is kind of still within the house mm-hmm. and there was a lot of panning as well which panning so that you see things in the background again very good right? yeah um, well assembled film a well assembled film there you go right we talked about the last movie of January 2024 David the last movie of January 2024 is All of Us Strangers we have Andrew Scott we've got Paul Meskel we've got Claire Foy Claire Foy and Ben Grimm <laughs> <laughs> no, David. Got Billy Elliot. <laughs> Billy Elliot, sorry. Uh, what's his name again? Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Um, very small cast. So we have Adam plays a Adam screenwriter. Plays, Adam plays a screenwriter. Andrew plays a screenwriter. No, Adam is a screenwriter yeah. played by Andrew Scott. <laughs> there you go. Who lives in a, I don't know, what it was it, like 10-story uh, apartment block. A uh, very lonely individual who one night is confronted by a, another occupy of the apartment block named Harry who comes uh, knocking at his door is quite drunk and unfortunately uh, Adam decides to tell him off unfortunately yeah, rightfully yeah, well, so no, but this, like, a drunk Paul Meskel show- this could be actually a dream this- of some people <laughs> yeah. but for me a drunk Paul Meskel shows up with a half finished bottle of whiskey be like hey any chance of coming a in whiskey like First of all, look like shit whiskey. Did Second it? of all, you've drank half of it. Where's my half? <laughs> this is half for me. And then second of all, I'll be like, it's 10 a.m., mate. Pack it in. 10 a.m.? P.m., sorry. <laughs> That's Pack- early for most yeah. people. 
It is. If I'm not already out before 10 p.m., you're not getting me in. (laughs) That's fair. Um, And then parallel to this, we have Adam visiting his hometown where he's confronted by... A lot of of confrontation in this. He's he's met by the ghost of his parents. Yeah, he goes to visit his family home and little does he know, it's occupied occupied by his his dead parents. His family, yeah, his dead parents. Um, Who died when he was 12. And what, what are we saying? He's probably like 30? Yeah, so he's 30. 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, so he's like ago. their age. Yeah. So I know you didn't like this. And I know you didn't like this so much that you was probably... This is, was this your worst rated movie this of the month? This is the worst one of the month for me. Wow, Jesus, okay. Now, again, for me, I think there's things in this people are going to love, but I Whereas don't like it. for me, this was the best rated movie of the month. There we go. Apart from, obviously, uh, 2001 in Space Odyssey, because that's a perfection <laughs> I'm a film bro. <laughs> um, Do you want to just talk about Fight Club instead? <laughs> no, what I will say is let's let's just go through this. Okay. Conceptually wise, I think this is brilliant. Okay. I think the idea I don't know I'm trying to think of it probably has been done before, but the concept of a, a son or a daughter confronting their or meeting so their dead parents meeting their dead parents yeah. and having the conversations they never got to have mm-hmm. after they grew up is such a great idea to me and the performances so sorry that's one part of the story i think the story between uh adam and and harry so uh andrew scott and paul mescal i think it's good and it feels a bit weird to me at points but that makes sense towards the end the thing is i think this whole again i don't want to ruin it for anyone but i think this whole movie is a metaphor yeah it's like there's a there's something going on and it's it's so unrealistic. The The setting is so unrealistic because you have this, as I say, 10, 12 floor apartment block and there's only two people staying in it. And this is supposed to be edge of London or yeah. outskirts of London. So there's obviously straight away, you're like, this is, isn't a real place. This isn't real life. But I love the performances. Again, a really condensed small cast. Uh, and I think every single one of them does a, a, a good job. The interactions between andrew scott and the two parents so claire foy and jamie bell are brilliant i think you said it before i think claire foy probably got robbed absolutely for an oscar nomination mm-hmm. like she out of everyone i think was probably yep. the one that was was the was the most brilliant better than jodie foster and i had yeah more better than <laughs> i think jamie bell did a good job i the other thing i was going to say was that um obviously going into the movie knowing that they were playing his parents imagine seeing that movie and not knowing that he was playing his parents and the first time they meet it would have been yeah. a totally different thing but anyway it, it was only a, a two minutes i think that was scene. intentional no yeah because imagine that... seeing that for the first time and you know his character and you know yeah what had gone on before yeah. and then he meets yeah anyway not knowing that he was the yeah. father anyway so i thought it was brilliant and I don't want to go dive too much too deep into it, but I think that we have a character who is dealing with severe loneliness, has been stuck in the past due to the death of his parents, and has not been able to move on, and is living in a purgatory-like state between life and death, and is is constantly just has never moved on, and is stuck. It's almost like he's he's dealing with writer's block, but writer's block for his whole life. He's mm-hmm. just like he can't move on. He can't deal with it. And this was his uh, way of dealing with it. But on the other hand, it shows that this crutch is so difficult because not only does it affect the person 
who's dealing with it, but it also affects the people around them, and it affects affects everyone involved. And it's not it's what what I thought was great is it's not heavy handed kind of depression. It's a very hopeful movie. It's <laughs> it's more a hopeful movie sure. than you would see in well, what I've seen in okay. other films. Yep. And you're gonna you're gonna disagree with me, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I just start disagreeing now? Go for it. Um. Okay. My biggest problem with this movie is I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's a really interesting concept. I think the performances are good. Like I said, Claire Foy, I think is the standout for me. And when we've already discussed how weak that supporting actress category is, is yeah. I think she definitely deserves a place in there. I think uh, she's better than the two other girls we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Divine Joy. <laughs> uh, maybe not Divine Joy, but she's better than Danielle Brooke. Is she? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Right. Anyway, I, I, I get, okay. Yeah, I'll need to think about that. I haven't, haven't processed that one yet. But anyway, um, so why didn't I like this movie? I didn't like this because I felt it was very surface level in regards to a lot of the emotions in it and how it just felt like it was just trying to make you feel, feel sad because the point of the movie is to be sad at times rather than to understand these characters. I know, I know, I know what you've said. I know you disagree, but this is how I took it in. Whereas I just felt like, oh, the score is, the score is getting really sad now and he's saying something to his father that's just like anyone could say because that he fun. never got to say that to his father. I understand. I understand. I get this. I get this. But what I'm understand. But what I'm saying more so is, I don't know anything about these characters, and they're just saying sad things to each other, and the music's all sad, and then it's but, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. how I feel. I'm just like I don't. I don't know about. But the idea is that everyone's been in that that situation. I get this. You but you have a father, don't I you? I do have my father. I do have father. A... Yeah, I do. But like, I but you could say anything. Whereas, like, they could tell a story. I just feel I just felt very cheap in how it was. And I know you don't like me using the word manipulating, but I just feel like manipulating the audience into a state of sadness when it felt unearned. And there's movies like The Color Purple from 1985, <laughs> and also more recently The Iron Claw, where it really does the groundwork to make those moments pay off. Whereas this, I felt. And the best way I can describe it to people, and I know I'm, I'm probably in the minority here as well, but it felt like a Pixar movie in that Pixar are so good at just making you feel sad like like that yeah. without much payoff. And I can reference things like Up, the opening scene of Up, where it's just like, that's just a sad thing. But it just feels like the surface level of a story, like like the thing in Up. It also feels like, remember the scene in Toy Story 2 where Jesse's left under the bed and everyone's like, oh no, Jesse. It just, that's what it feels like. It just feels like there's no story here. But the concept is that everyone's been in that situation. Everyone has a mother and a father, yeah. but imagine having, a, not having a mother and a father. I understand. But that is a thought exercise that I can do in my own time. <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than have a movie being like, and this would be really sad, wouldn't it? That's all it is. I'm emotionally weird. I, I get this. Yeah. That just I'm saying that's why it didn't resonate with me. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad also, movie. Emotional manipulation is bullshit. <laughs> it, it's, it's, not, you're not the only one because I've seen that as well in other reviews and it's not just for this film. Yeah. Like, um, I watched Wonder recently, the movie about the boy with the weird face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. Sorry. <laughs> but like, people complain about it being emotionally manipulative. Yes, that's what a movie is supposed to do. Yeah. Like, if you watch a comedy, it's supposed to make you laugh. It's supposed to make you Yeah, happy. but there's such a thing as cheap laughs. Yeah, but Same like, way I think there's cheap sadness, which I think this movie is cheap sadness. I don't think so. I disagree. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm not trying, I'm not yeah. even trying to convince you. I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm yeah. just trying to and justify, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just, I'm just yeah. trying to justify my reason for not enjoying yeah. it and I and I remember just like leaving being like 
Yeah, that, that would be like that is sad. Yeah. Mm. But, Do you not like, enjoy the bit at the end where he loses his parents again? But he's like happy to see First of all, spoiler. No, I, I really like the story elements of it. Uh, some of the story elements of that. Who said there wasn't a story? Those story... Sorry, story <laughs> elements. Not the story. Story elements. Um, but then also the whole thing of Paul Mescal being it. Uh, not been it, but like it was so underdeveloped. But, but does it not make sense though? In the context of the story. No, 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 no. But I, th- I would have liked to see him taking the learnings from conversations with his parents and implementing them better or having those instances better developed with Paul Meskel. But I just felt it was very like Netherhead for a dance. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't understand, like it's not, uh, it's not real life. I, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I just, I, I, I don't know. I've it's had a dream-like ex- situation. Uh, it's a bad dream for me. <laughs> a nightmare <laughs> it's a nightmare yeah I don't yeah I don't know it just didn't click for me it just didn't click and like I wish I I know I've said some stupid and controversial stuff just to be stupid and controversial I promise you this isn't it I just no, really it just didn't click Um, and I wish it did Like, and again I don't know January Blues or whatever but like same with poor things I just just didn't click with me yeah. but except I think this was worse <laughs> you think this was worse yeah, yeah. this is worst, the worst movie worst for me worst movie well no I saw Wonka <laughs> 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 That's a movie I actively despise. <laughs> I will happily set up a political party <laughs> to remove that from these shores. Oh, wow. Jesus. That's a lot of effort. I actually have another great story. This yeah, is a loose one. Yeah. Um, I watched the Cider House Reels. Yeah. Very good, first of all. Michael Caine does an accent. Let that sink in. Yeah. Doesn't do it. Very good. You wouldn't ask, ask her for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but fun fact, it was based on... It's ba- it's basically a, um, a story about uh, Toby Maguire. He's a little orphan boy, and he gets brought to this place that also delivers unwanted children, but also performs abortions, even though it's illegal. And there's the cider house. Not, no, he then he goes to work in a cider house. Yeah. Um, but on this incest and rape and stuff like that, there <laughs> it's very sad. It's actually similar enough to the color purple. Anyway, it was very so in the British media, British film board, they rated it 12 because they're like, oh, nothing really bad happens in it. Irish film board, 18s. <laughs> they were like, abortions? No. Incest? No. Like, they, they gave it the strictest rating and I love on most, um, on, on the Wikipedia page for the Side of House Reels, there's a little section which tells everyone about that yeah. where it's like, you could actually drive 12 miles and watch it as a 12-year-old yeah. as an 18-year-old. Ireland, and then it's like, and Ireland have, si- because abortion was illegal and Ireland have since passed the <laughs> referendum. And I was like, get in Ireland! Imagine a movie being made in 2003 and then Irish... Are, Wait, are, what? Oh, it's 2003, <laughs> yeah. 2003, Jesus. Yeah, and then Ireland get a little reference on it. It's great! I think it's, no, it's not. It's 1993. Oops, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking. Sorry, that. my bad. Because um, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's, yeah, sorry. Oh, what's in that? Oh, let me do a it was before Iris, which was... One sec, this is not interesting for anyone. It was 1999. Okay. Jesus, sorry. Okay, so um, anyway, where was I? <laughs> the Colour Purple. The All of Us Strangers. Yeah, look. Sure, look. I think I don't know. But look, okay. Can I... I'll end on a positive note. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm just... Yeah, go on. Sorry. I was going to end on a positive note. How great is it uh, for Irish talent at the moment where we have uh, the two Irish lads like... Killing it. Absolutely killing it and being front and centre on press tours and they look to be having a great time and I can't wait. David, I've, I don't know if I've done this with you or I've said it to you but I cannot wait for the Gladiator 2 press tour. Barry Keoghan and what's called Paul We've got some up. insider information on this from Morocco. <laughs> from Morocco. We went to the site where they filmed uh, Gladiator 2 and uh, the tour guide, guide, uh, tour guide is a big fan of Barry Keoghan yeah. and Paul Meskel. But he said Denzel, something else. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that's a different level. Like it's a different level. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, actually, I was getting a lot of Denzel vibes from your man Mr. in Colour Purple. Not yeah. Mr. Yeah, the, the dad, the dad. Yeah. Alfonso. What yeah. a silly name. For such a mean, cruel man. Because <laughs> I'd say they were trying to... They, they, that would yeah. be a big name to get for that movie. Mm. Would have been better in The Equalizer 3. Absolutely. Spend your time better. Although he got a little holiday to Italy. That's true. This is an unhinged one, even <laughs> for us. <laughs> shall we Shall we look forward to February? Can you wait? We have only have a couple of movies here, David. Yeah. Argyle. It's out last weekend. We've seen it, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't decided what I'm doing today, David. Yeah. Uh, reclusive author Ellie Conway writes best-selling espionage novels about a secret agent named Argyle who's on a mission to unravel a global spy syndicate. However, when the plot of her books start to mirror the convert actions of a real-life spy organization, the line between fiction and reality begin to blur. Stellar cast, directed by Matthew Vaughn. It's getting poo reviews. Is it? I didn't know 36% Rotten Tomatoes oh wow maybe maybe I won't go see it (laughs) yeah really bad reviews so people probably have thoughts on that already I will watch it eventually but yeah when was the last time Matthew Vaughn did a good movie did you like Kingsman the Golden Circle no did he do the other Kingsman I think he did both didn't he oh he didn't do the Kingsman the Kingsman did he do the Kingsman I'll check It's, it's not weird enough for Matthew Vaughn surely he did do the Kingsman there you go that's a great movie. He did Rocket Man. Did he? Yeah, according to this. No, that was that. Oh, it wasn't Dexter Fletcher. Oh no, sorry, he's a producer. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. yeah, because him and Dexter Fletcher are busy mates. Do you know what? I've seen every Matthew Vaughn movie except, of course, for Argo. So you have to go see it. Yeah. Oh, Dexter Fletcher did Rocket Man. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, producer. I was thinking about him in Rhapsody. I've got Dexter. producer here. Sorry. Okay. Um, he's also a producer on Eddie the Eagle, Tetris. Yeah, he's got his hands in. Oh, fan four stick. Okay, moving swiftly Sorry. on. American fiction. Monk is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the, with the establishment that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. It's got a lot of Oscar buzz. A lot of Oscar buzz. Jeffrey Wright finally got an Oscar nom. Uh, Robert, what's his name? Uh, Sterling. Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. It's been a long time coming for Jeffrey Wright, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great actor. Put him in anything. Yeah. He's also in Rustin. He is in Rustin. He's fine. That movie's fine. It's fine. Uh, Migration, David. There's only five movies out. <laughs> is there? Oh. My, well, there's six, actually. Uh, Migration, a family of ducks decides to oh, leave the safety of the... Oh, this fucking Do you know what? Apparently, it's not... I'll finish. It's about ducks migrating. Uh, apparently, it's actually quite good. Sorry, I've just... I've seen the ads and I've seen the posters. It's by Illumination Entertainment. It's meant to be fine. It's a fun kid movie. The Iron Claw, the true er- story of the Van Eyre. I'm sorry, is that all you have to say on Migration? <laughs> ah, fine, yeah, you, if you, look, what was I going to say that was good if it's you on it? Uh, it's got a stellar cast though, Migration. Uh, the Iron Claw, uh, the true story of the Von Erich brothers who make history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Through tragedy and triumph, the brothers seek larger than life immortality on the biggest stage in sports. I've seen this already. I would recommend people check it out. But also, look nothing into this don't read anything I had it so I knew I know the story of the Von Erics I'm a big WWE fan David as I mentioned earlier The Rock he's, people aren't a big fan of him David he's after taking Cody's spot in Wrestlemania and Cody's trying to finish his story it's it's whole thing. don't get me started anyway Zach, Zach Efron uh, Jeremy Allen White um, Harry Dickinson oh forget the guy's name he's in Mindhunter he's the partner yeah. that's not the I young man he's also Holt in, yeah. something fantastic in this I think this movie was robbed of a lot of Oscar nominations in my opinion so I anyway to, to which studio is it you A24 know? I'm pretty sure just double check that I could be wrong um, that's interesting 
Who would have thought they would be? The Iron- oh, it is the Iron Claw. Yeah, yeah. So it is A twenty four. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, no, sorry, distributor Lionsgate. That's but it, that's weird. I've written <laughs> the Iron Claw, and then it says distributed by A twenty four. It's A twenty four. I know for a fact it's A twenty four. That's in Ireland. Because okay. A24 don't distribute in Ireland. Because I would have emailed them about it. Anyway, um, so yes, the horrible story about the Van Eric brothers. Don't look into it because I knew the story going in. So a lot, for me, a lot of the emotional, forgive, forgive the pun, David, punches, um, didn't hit as hard because I kind of knew it was coming. But you couldn't I, punch in WWE. Of course you can punch in WWE, David. Sorry, you can hit someone with a lead pipe. Um, but what you call it? So I knew a lot of it was coming. A lot of the audience did, though. You could just hear gasps and people just like, the one beside me hands over her face at some point. Um, it's they, they thought they were going in for a... Uh, fun, sweaty man wrestling yeah. each other ma- movie. It is Magic Mike 4. It's, somewhat, it's kind of being marketed like that in a way. Yeah. Uh, fun little, like, songs in the trailer. It is not that story. It is a tragedy. Um, it is, it's, like I said, fantastic performances. Uh, Zach Efron. I'm not, I shouldn't be hyping this up. I'll talk about it more next month. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check it out. Um, but don't look into it. Uh, you got <laughs> you got Bob Marley, One Love, Jamaican singer-songwriter Bob Marley overcomes adversity to become the most famous reggae musician in the world. Yeah, you think this looks terrible. It looks awful, David. I don't know. It's, Forgive it's, the pun, David, but it looks half-baked. It, um, it's hard to tell with a lot of these musical biopics is we've mi- we've skipped a lot of them haven't we we skipped respect respect we skipped another one last year i think sure. there was a bowie one maybe oh that was no there was one with um what's his face johnny no there was another one that came out in cinemas i definitely think we skipped okay and i was like i don't know i think it could be fine it could be but shy yeah um i'm willing to give it a go but there's no reviews out yet no not that i've seen which Mm. It's a little bit worrying. It's two weeks though. I like the main guy in it though, Ben Kingsley Adir. Yeah. He's in Barbie and Secret Invasion and other things. And your one is in it. Shauna Lynch. Shauna Lynch. Oh, I love Shauna Lynch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I might give it a go. Oh, probably not. Um, I'll see. Because David, I'm too, I'm too focused on what's out next, David. I can't, I can't stress to you how excited I am for Madam Web. Oh. That's not what it. It's funny. I was looking for that here. I couldn't find it. It's not here. 16th of February. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. This is Morbius all over again. No. I can't. According to this, it's the promised land. Can't wait. <laughs> Madam Webb. Cassandra Webb is a New York City paramedic who starts the Wait, her name is Webb. Oh, yeah, David. Like she's Mark Ma- Webb. She's Madam <laughs> Webb. Like Mark Webb, who directed the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. There you so go. Cassandra Webb is a New York City paramedic who starts to show, so, yeah, show signs of clairvoyance. Forced to confront revelations about her past, she must protect three young women from a mysterious adversary who wants them dead. It looks awful. It makes no sense. It shouldn't be a movie, but Sony are going to do it. And it's probably going to be balls on a canny wee. Um, there's three Spum movies coming out this month. Three year. Spum movies. We've got Venom 3. No. That's not Craven. this year. Is that coming out this year? Yeah. Finally. Madam okay. Web. What else is Bum? And there's something else. But Why did you say it. so confidently there was going to be three? And then I because I was two. listening to the boys on the Weekly Planet and they said three and they definitely mentioned three. I just can't remember them. If I look up Spum, who knows what will come up on Google. <laughs> Sony. No, it just says, uh, oh, and Worth though was supposed to come out and Venom 3. But. Oh, maybe it was Venom 3. Should have said bad, David. So what are you looking forward to there, David? Considering I said one is shit, you don't like Bob, uh, you don't like, uh, you don't like Madam Web. You think the Bob Marley one might not be good, and the Iron Claw is a movie that I've told you is good, so you should probably go watch it. Oh no, I probably will go see the uh, the Iron Claw. I've seen, heard nothing but good things. I'm still looking for this one. Hold on. Oh, maybe it is. 
No, it is Venom 3. Yeah. November 8th, sorry. There you go. It is, but that's technically 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to see what your accounts look like. The year's over in September. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll probably go see that. But I don't know. I've got high, higher hopes for the other movies. Who knows? Yeah. Anything can be good. Yeah. Anything can be shit. Mm. Gary doesn't like movies. I don't like movies. <laughs> it's February, David. Spring has sprung. Mm, yeah. First, actually, it is, David. It is quite... Uh, sorry. It is quite sunny outside, which is nice. First the snow drops, then the daffodils... <laughs> Then St. Bridget's Day. Happy, happy six must be. Then it's Six Nations. I'm in a way better mood than I then now I'm ready. I'm ready for some Madam Web. Yeah. Oh, it's got a five stars already. I can't wait. It's got five stars. Five stars already. for me already. Lock it in. <laughs> Gary, use this clip of you saying how Okay, no. For content. This is me being very silly now. Yeah. I don't think this is gonna be good. I wanna have about five points and watch this movie and just laugh at how bad it is. But Sony, if you could invite me, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it I'd love it I will tell everyone to go see Madame Web regardless if it's good or bad <laughs> that is the marketing machine that this movie needs yeah right I think that's everything David yeah I think we did it that's a bit of a loose one we're back though no don't worry about it I think that's I'll, what people love about I'll us. fix that all in post <laughs> David as I've said everyone I've always heard from critiques and reviews of this podcast is people like when the two of us make jokes that make us laugh and people think are they still talking to each other over there are they they're still going <laughs> Back and forth, Back just like a tennis match. Yeah, zig and zag. Um, right. No, it's zag and zag. Zag and zag. Uh, right, David, thank you so much for coming back and I thank you to the listener. Appreciate for... you having me. Always. Um, and I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to this. Very much appreciate it. But do let us know your thoughts and give us what did you think of all of us strangers and whatnot. Um, we're on Instagram at Reading the Peers, TikTok, YouTube, Letterboxd, links in the description. Give us an email at readingthepeers at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe because we're going to do some more. Also, there could be another Valentine's Day episode coming out. Who knows? Who knows? It's Fifty Shades Darker, potentially, so nice. uh, give that a watch. And um, yeah, if you have any any thoughts, queries, or comments, do let us know. Cool. Sounds good. What do you think of Madam Web? What do you think it'll be like? I think they, they, I think they think that it'll be It's going to be the best movie of all time, David. Although, Morbius came out this time. Yeah, right April, no, it was April Fool's, remember? What was it? Okay, yeah, that was... Oh. <laughs> that ruined... that completely ruined me I was on such a buzz going into yeah, the movie yeah. it ruined me yeah I hate it <laughs> hate it with a passion and on that note bye